1: Welcome, yeah, guy. Welcome, everybody, to Spit, the surfing podcast where we spitball and we roll with just great surfing content for your ears. David Lee Scales, across from me, freshly back from Europe. I'm Scott Bass. Good morning. Welcome. It's Thursday,
0: October 10th. Excellent introduction, Scott. I love it. Okay. Thorough uh explained everything caught everybody up with what's been going on yeah we haven't had a show in like three weeks i don't think that's my fault i was out of town sorry about that um you know a lot of podcasts do things in seasons whatever have you ever, have you ever considered that? stupid excuse have you ever considered it though like rather than trying to stick to an every other week schedule throughout the year take a month or two off
1: i do know this we have a lot of listeners that really enjoy our show and they appreciate an every two week guarantee um and we you, do we have, sincerely do i run into people all the time i was
0: just gonna ask have you um just received did. feedback recently
1: i seem to be yeah. getting
0: it more and more
1: i just received feedback yesterday from a guy named jeff from the morrow bay area like Central in Coast. the water or just no i um, I, oh, I met him for coffee. I was giving him some stuff for his high school oh yeah surf team uh, donation thing. More
0: Bay. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's totally emailed me a bunch.
1: Yeah, super cool guy. Super nice. And um, anyway, he was saying, you know, how much he enjoys the show, and
0: it was cool. It only took seven years for us to hit our stride. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been
1: seven years? Uh, At least, huh?
0: Not quite. Okay, it was 2013. I think it was like late summer 2013 so it's been six and a half years it's wild right so if i
1: started in 2005 that's eight years i was doing it eight years prior to 2013 and then you and i so it's been about equal amounts with you as with a bunch of other people so that you're
0: going on 15 years of talking on the radio Insane!
1: i know it's silly that's so insane you think I'd figure out how to do it by now, but How does no. it feel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? We got some feedback about the last episode. I talked about the legislation that Governor Newsom may sign here. I think it's this coming up the next week, the 13th, right? In three days. That would be Monday. Um, regarding opening up the Hollister Ranch to public beach access from the land. And of course, that's sort of a hot button topic and we got some feedback or i did i don't know if you got any but um interestingly most of the feedback was from people paddling up to me and talking to me about it in the water um at least three or four different people basically said that they kind of agree with me that they that we should just leave the ranch the way it is you know like just yeah, okay, it is what it is. But if you open it up to the public, it's going to get ruined. Was basically the vibe I got from most people. That that's where their stance was. Even if they were like, "Yeah, I know it should be open to the public. I get it." Like, like so many, much like you and I, we're we, we're really pro open beach access for the public because it's our land. You know, like we have at, we're we're allowed to have access to the ocean. Um, but we're also conflicted cuz we're like it would be kind of lame if it turned into like you know just got ruined with a bunch of people showing up
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> even if it was me that was showing up it right. would be bad but so anyway that's most of the of the feedback i've i've received i did receive one bit of feedback where somebody was disappointed that i called all the ranch owners basically assholes rich assholes which I did but as I listened back on it I kind of said wait not all of them not all of them yeah so I did kind of throw a caveat in there at the end but um, apparently somebody took a little snippet out of the show and sent that to somebody else and no way kind of made its way around people
0: are the worst yeah that is the worst so the guy was
1: more mad that I was calling landowners and this guy was a landowner
0: yeah but that guy is a tattletale <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you can't take that, co- you can't take snippets of the conversation out of context. Like, right. I, or it's just not uh, sincere to do that. You yeah. Know? That's lame. Yeah. Did you have an email you were going to read? Because I've read no. a couple about no. that exact thing. So, no, I did not. this email, um, Says the September 17th podcast, including the ranch, was riveting. Excellent perspectives from you both. You captured the feelings, dreams I've had about the enigma of the ranch. To add to your conversation, here's something I felt was missing. Freedom isn't free. The fact that the ranch owners can buy property and have access isn't because they have money. It's because of the sacrifice of soldiers and politicians who created and protected American freedom. It's because the sacrifice they made to stop Hitler and the Germans, it's because of the Spanish-American War, Revolutionary War, etc. And I think about those sacrifices these families made, and I think about the sons and daughters growing up without fathers, and I think about their descendants, how they grew up at a disadvantage. If anybody should have access to the ranch, first and foremost, it should be them. Same for Native Americans. Another point, the law of diminishing returns. Often, surfers are chasing something they can never catch. Quote, the law of diminishing returns states that in all productive processes, adding one or more factor of production will hold all others constant, will at some point yield lower incremental per unit returns. End quote. The ice cream analogy is often used. The first bites are delicious and by the end you're sick of it. And you can tell Scott that when he rails on you for leaving Baja and pumping surf, he'd likely be more an a more interesting person had he put down the surfboard and picked up a book a few more times. Wow! As always, Ross from New York trying to add an anti-Spicoli perspective. All right, Ross. Zinged you at the end he did. There, he for really no reason. Did.
1: It's sad because Ross doesn't know how much I read. Uh, although you do
0: talk about it on the show, you I know. think he would know exactly. Um, What are your thoughts on that? I mean,
1: By the way, I'm reading Andrew Yang's book right now. Yang Gang, hashtag Yang Gang. Just so Ross knows, I'm a a reader.
0: Dude. I'm literate. How do you feel about, not to make this political. (laughs) Yeah, we shouldn't. But he just, Ross just did by bringing in. um,
1: We're going to blame you, Ross. Yeah,
0: bringing in (laughs) World War II references to. I actually agree
1: with Ross. I mean, I agree with what he says that, hey, man, you know, like all these people died so that. We can have access to our land.
0: So that, yeah, we can quibble about surfing a spot.
1: Surfers are the worst. At the end of the day, what it really does boil down to, and I hate to rehash what we already went over last time, but it just comes down to we're self-centered. Like when I, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were saying, yeah, but it's so lame that they get to surf it and we don't, you know, like, and there's this, there's this, it's just like, I just asked the guy, excavate really what you're talking about here. What you really want to do, what what's really doing this is you're bummed that they have something that you don't have.
0: Just let it go. Yeah. Like, it's no big deal. That argument will only drive you crazy. It, like, it, his argument will only drive him crazy is what I mean. Yeah. Like... Does he even have an opportunity to surf it? Would he make the drive? Would he put in the effort if given the chance? Probably not, but it's more fun just to argue. Well,
1: this That's guy has surfed is. there before, oh, has he? but, you know, I, anyway.
0: So what are your, th- I think the most interesting, I don't know, applicable lesson out of that email is the law of diminishing returns thing. It was a little
1: confusing for me. I need it to be, because the ice cream metaphor didn't seem to jive up with
0: uh, I the think, law of
1: diminishing returns.
0: Well, the way I it, it was the harder you chase something and the more you kind of try to grasp it, the more it slips through your fingers. And so go out to your local beach, catch a wave, be grateful for that wave. Once you start sitting out the back, battling for set waves, trying to get more than the other guy, the joy is the diminishing return. You know, even if you're actually getting more waves and more set waves – you've kind of lost the joy of the guy who's just sitting on the inside getting scraps, you know?
1: Yeah. And not, yeah.
0: not stressing about it. I think it's that's just that what,
1: his, the law that you read seemed real, like a hardened law, like out of some sort of manifesto about means of production. Yeah. And then, it then we took it and went real philosophical with it. Yeah. You know? And it,
0: yeah. So. Fair enough. Well, I think the, the analogy or, as it applies to the ranch is just like putting that much gravitas on this one surf spot and making it your paragon that you're chasing. It almost can never live up to the hype, you know? And, um, yeah, I agree. It's better to
1: just have this sort of vision that you and I have about it. And that a lot of us have about it. And I've never, ever been there, but I just have this vision of this, you know, like, skip fry paddling out of coho or whatever, just this like really cool thing. And I'm good with that. And I'm not going to go chase that, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know. It's funny. I was actually talking to a guy this morning in the water about this. And he also is like, you know what? If you're suitably inspired, which is what yeah. Sam George's thing, If you're suitably inspired, you can go surf the ranch. He was telling me how many times he walked in there. He used to live up there. You can walk in and at full tide, you have to paddle around a couple of points but it's about a mile to super killer, you know, whichever wave it was. I think it was Drake's.
0: Yeah.
1: But, uh, and I also, in our conversation this morning, me and this guy, we came to the realization that what it's, if it opens up to the public and there's this managed access and, and people are allowed to go surf there. But there's going to be a major vibe. Like if, you sh- if you're if you one of the guys that just shows up and goes, hi, guys, I'm new here. And you paddle out. like There's going to be a major vibe already, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that in 10 years, this whole thing about the ranch opening up to the public is going to be, nobody's going to even go there. Like yeah. people are going to be over it. You know, it's- yeah. there might be one or two little like Lunata Bay confrontations. But just as Lunata Bay
0: is like people kind of just forget about it. And I bet I bet it gets forgotten about. Yeah. Well, here's another email that I think was sent to both you and I. It says, Thanks for some historical context and news updates on the ranch. I've never surfed there and have no ties. Ironically, you guys are extolling the virtues of Zion and Yosemite, but cannot connect the dots that the ranch could be protected and enjoyed by California taxpayers who help fund it and might pay extra to keep it at a national park protection level. You made the point you were just arguing against. This is reinforced if the surf atmosphere in the current entitled closed state, uh, in their drug-like or their drug cartel-like behavior. What is there to protect surfwise? Keep it pristine, but open it up like Cardiff campgrounds for California taxpayers. Fight to keep the coastline open access, and you'll lose in a societal. In a society of huge inequality, end quote. I didn't understand the last part. Fight to keep the coastline open access or you'll lose in a huge society of huge inequality. In a society of huge inequality.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. I think if you're one that is siding with the homeowners and don't want it open to the public, you're on the wrong side of history. There's no doubt about that. And I'm... I'm okay with it either way. I'm okay with it being open to the public. I'm never going to go there. I don't care one way or the other, except I care that I think that our constitutional rights should be upheld by those. And at you know the, the giving of blood by all these soldiers that you mentioned earlier, I think people should be, have the right to go there. Yeah, it's it's silly not to. Yeah, but I also have that thirty thousand foot level where it's like it'd be cool if it was just pristine and killer and unreal and. And I think some people are saying, you know what, it can be both. And maybe it can. I think the people that are really entrenched, the homeowners up there are just like, oh my God, it's over. It's Armageddon. You know, like at the end of times, sell, sell, sell. Yeah. And I don't think that's the case. Because I understand it to be managed access. Like it's going to be implemented very slow. For sure. They don't even know how they're going to implement it, but they are probably going to have to build some sort of road to some spot. And then do like, I don't know, a hundred people in a lottery per weekend or something or who knows, like they don't know, yeah. but they are asking for all stakeholders to have input in it. Like they're, they're saying homeowners tell us the best usage of this. You know, you seem to have been doing a pretty good job of it. Understanding that we are going to allow public access. How would you like that to go down? Yeah. And if the homeowners are smart, they'll be like, okay, we lost. We better just get on, you know, be on their good side and see as, get as much as we can out of this as, as far as our point of view. And, mm-hmm. Or they could go the other way and just be like, nah, you know, start throwing rocks. And then it's going to be really bad f- for them because
0: they won't have any say in it. They'll lose yeah. their say in it. Yeah. Complicated. I'm glad that I don't work in legislation. Like, even trying to solve the problem, this is so not my skill set. It feels so forced to me, you know? Compromise? Want, yeah. <laughs> you're not good enough. I have nothing to do no with No wonder compromise. you're not married. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my hey
1: the surf aid cup is taking place october 19th as you know i'm on the board of directors of surf, surf aid international and we are producing our surf aid cup in san diego at Cardiff reef with the Swami surfing association club contest so you can surf with a pro taylor knox damian Hopgood, devin howard jen smith sign up at surfaid.org to get your uh, to get involved just get a team involved and to have fun and surf with the pro and raise money for a great cause. Down in Baja, we're doing stuff and of course in Indonesia. And it looks like maybe the Solomon Islands as well. Amazing.
0: Yeah. What constitutes a pro? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who are you suggesting isn't a pro? Devin? Every single one of them. Well, Taylor Knox. Taylor is Knox he... is a pro, was a pro, is a pro. I mean, I... Was or is?
0: Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Damien Hobgood. Uh, I love that guy. Uh, yeah, no, no question. Tons and I mean, of love yeah, we love
1: all of them, but
0: I feel like you guys are
1: using that term loosely. Taylor Knox is a pro surfer. I don't think that's I don't is. Yeah, I mean, he's getting like how much do you have finish to make s- every how much do s- you have to s- make? I'm going to s- to be a pro surfer, you have to make x amount of money f- just get a check sent to you for being who you are. And that amount is enough to cover your mortgage, cover all your bills plus 30%. That makes you a pro surfer in my opinion okay that's a pretty good equation off the top of my head yeah that's fair let's say your nut is five grand then 30 percent is another 1500 bucks if you can make 6500 dollars a month from surf from a surf company like for taylor would probably be reef or a, well that's I don't know.
0: that was going to be my further because then i think if you can live where, off
1: of the check then you're a pro surfer okay if you don't you have
0: started to, this by saying to make that money off of surfing but now and i don't think that is the definition of a pro surfer? But you're saying, from a sponsor who's paying you to surf, that's where the money. Well, comes. I'm just
1: saying you're a pro surfer if you're getting paid to go surfing, yes. which is, okay. and I don't care if it's in competition or okay. it's on Instagram. Like you're professional if you're getting paid. You're cashing a check, and you're that's that, how you make but that your check living. Is
0: coming from yeah, a company that's paying you to surf. Yeah, yes. to, or to be you. That is you the know, definition. To, to
1: be a, to be you, like if yes you know, they're not going to pay you to just like sit in your van. You actually got to suit up and go surf.
0: Right. That is the definition of a pro surfer. I yeah. agree with that. And you think I all think, of those guys fit that criteria?
1: No, I think the criteria is it's it's X amount of dollars to cover your nut. So it's different for everyone. Like some people might live in their van yeah, literally yeah. and they only have a $1,000 nut a month. So it's your monthly nut plus 30% because okay, you're like going to need money to like, you know.
0: I'm in. So yeah. you think those people all fit that? I don't program.
1: know. let's 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 look. Taylor Knox does he he probably owns a home in Carlsbad. his wife. I don't even know. I don't like I have to no idea. speculate. I have,
0: but uh, first of all, I'm a huge fan of all these people. me too. And I, I love these guys completely. but I just want to be like su- I think
1: Taylor might have some he's doing like some
0: workout stuff. So that's my point is like these people have been wise to diversify, knowing like that paycheck ends from Reef at a certain right. point. And so they've diversified, and they have—they're making money off of surfing. But it's not because they're—they are surfing in the water every day and getting enough exposure. Well, like if you go to
1: Taylor Knox's gym, I think he has a gym, doesn't he? Have some sort know. of gym? I
0: don't know.
1: Okay, well, I hate to start riffing on it's something that may if, not even no, it's be. It's way better
0: if we just speculate. Okay,
1: let's speculate that he has whatever business. I'm going to the business because he's Taylor Knox, the surfer, not because he's known for his great workouts. No, Although Taylor actually is in great shape for a forty-something-year-old guy, he's like because I see on his Instagram, he does all these workouts and he and he promotes working out and he promotes these different stretches. And then at the end, I think it's like come to like the gym that I have. So like I think there's some yeah, workout could. health thing going on. But my point is, I'm only going there because Taylor has the meanest cutback in the world, and I want to go hang out with Taylor Knox, the surfer, like. You know what I mean? Like if it was Joe Smith or somebody that I didn't, you know, like I'd be like, ah, I'll just go to LA Fitness. Why do I need to go to Joe Smith's workout thing? For sure. So this is where it gets a gray area. Like is that still being a pro surfer? The fact that he's using his image as a surfer to market in clientele like myself.
0: He's banking off his history as a pro surfer.
1: So is he a pro surfer? No. The revenue he's creating is coming from, in part, not in full, but in part, from marketing of himself as a professional surfer.
0: Ex-pro surfer.
1: Right, whatever. but As an ex-pro surfer, but the revenues are covering his monthly nut.
0: He's not getting paid to go surf, though. That's the point. He's getting paid for his workout. You know? Okay, well... So, SurfAid, <laughs> is, the point, SurfAid yeah. is doing this come surf with an ex-pro surfer. Event, no, that let's
1: really not. Ter- SurfAid International is a great thing. We I'm can't not, talk I'm, negatively.
0: Come on. It's all fun and games. Okay. Um, David
1: hates helping mothers and children. I'm
0: against philanthropy. You're against stop. helping Full stop.
1: people in Indonesia, the poverty-stricken families. You're against that. Right?
0: I know. You're, really still, welcome. You're still welcome. You're uh, still welcome. Taylor Knox is going to hate me. Struggling people are going to hate me. <laughs> this is not going well for David no. Um I feel like the pro surf term is surf the equivalent the to saying porn star. Like you can't just, they're not all stars, right? Somebody does porn once and they're labeled as a porn star. No, they're not all stars. They're just a pornographic. It's actually a pretty good analogy. Actress. I mean, we're
1: all pro surfers. Exactly. Like when you think about it. It's like, yeah. why, why aren't I? You why do, aren't I a pro You do surfer?
0: one QS event and you're a pro surfer. Yeah. You know like like or whoever from your high school points to that person and goes, "Oh yeah, that person's a pro surfer. They they traveled to Brazil, and they did one." How about it. this,
1: if you've cashed a check from doing well in a contest where they wrote you a check for the result that you got in an event, are yeah. you are you forever a pro surfer?
0: In that person's mind they are, and in <laughs> in their, all of their high school like cohort does view them as a pro surfer because they're an accountant sitting behind a desk wishing that they were that person? Right. So yes. But I'm just saying we need to – we don't want to be painted with the same brush as the porn industry has been. Of course By, not. by everybody being a porn star. Therefore, right. nobody's a porn star. There's legitimately five porn stars in the world. Okay. Jenna Jameson, Ron Jeremy. I'm oh my just God. pulling these names no. off the top of my head. You're coming in hot. And like there's only five. Everybody right. else is just actors and actresses performing a task. So –
1: what are these, what are these, so what is your, what are you saying as a pro surfer that people that are on the CT?
0: No, I agree with what you said. The 30% thing's a good, that is a good way to do it. Yeah. But you can Make cycle a monthly out. Plus, but it has
1: to be, the money has to be coming in because you don't have any other gig.
0: It's coming in from the visibility of you riding waves, like right. the exposure that you're getting. Um but so the revenue you, that Taylor might be bringing in is... It's tangential. All,
1: That's tangential revenue. You can't guarantee that all that revenue is from... I agree with you. That yeah. Some people are like, I don't know what Taylor Knox about. My buddy told me to come to this gym because it's a killer workout. And so there's revenue there that has nothing to do with Correct. him.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I think that you can also cycle in and out like of that equation. So he can be a pro surfer at times, and then he's not a pro surfer at times. And I'm willing... To dub like if him they, a pro surfer again, because if Taylor's Instagram... If they send him
1: to the Maldives for that surf contest where they have all those ex-surfers, Correct. and he makes enough that month yeah. to get his nut covered plus 30%, that month he is a pro surfer. Correct.
0: Yes. And I will redact my previous statement at that point.
1: It's a month-by-month month thing. I'm this,
0: reevaluating. I've got a spreadsheet. I'll show it to you later. This is pretty
1: good. This reminds me of Transworld Surf, where they used to have like, like exposure, exposure-o-meter, <laughs> yeah. you know? And like... Some months, guys weren't getting too much exposure. They weren't necessarily pro surfers that Yeah,
0: they need to reevaluate their whole program. You know who cycled back into the pro surfer realm for me this past week? Clay Marzo. Really? Yeah. Um, Recent Instagram, he's been posting a couple, like all of my uh, assessment of pro surfing is through Instagram. It's pretty much all. 100% (laughs) that comes through Instagram. Uh, And yeah, he's... Posted a couple of cl- clips recently. The one that was most impressive was a backside barrel ride, mm-hmm. where he was like, um, "I'm going to go- Instagram
1: to, to make sure Clay is on my feed." I don't cool.
0: He's doing like a parallel stance, almost sitting on a board, leaning forward onto his knees. He's just adapting through this backside barrel in this cat-like lounging, fully flexible navigating. Uh, it was so insane, but it reminded me. Clay Marzo kind of shied away from the the limelight, opted out of pro surfing. I would argue, Quicksilver originally dropped him, but he had he could have done anything with his career at that point. But he's opted out of the limelight. Makes occasional appearances. Every time that he does, he's doing something that is mind blowingly uh, not only talented but like different than what anybody else is doing yeah this lay this layback
1: thing that he does the he did it ride. he did it in Indo he was in the Indo contest the rip curl at oh, padang yeah. yeah, yeah, and he yeah. did remember that tube ride he got on at Padang where he was like leaning back leaning his front back side. yeah he's front side but he was doing a, the weirdest layback thing ever and he's doing that here on this instagram thing that you just mentioned too yeah. where it's just this new way to get deeper in the barrel and you've got to be super stretchy and just like limber yeah. and
0: yeah, no, no mere mortal could do it. I've and never
1: ever seen anyone else do no. that. Maybe Mason does it on some level, but yeah. not like this. Yeah,
0: and that's a good analogy, by the way. Like Mason is a good comparison to Clay in that they're both um, completely uniquely utilizing their own physicality and um, body style and body type to surf the wave, the way the wave is supposed to be surfed but specific to their body type and then writing the right boards that allow them to do those things.
1: It's almost like physiological imagination.
0: Totally. Like I couldn't do what they do and they couldn't, well, they could do what I do, but you know, like (laughs) if I was given their level of talent, then I would be doing it a different way because my body is different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, But they're completely actualized in their talent and expression of their uh, creativity in riding a wave. It's super... That's what makes it fascinating to watch. So Clay Marzo, I don't know that he's earning any money off of pro surfing, but he it looks like rock star energy yeah, drink. Okay, that's fair. Is he's he's definitely
1: pimping rock star like front and center in a lot of his stuff.
0: Um, but he's really underutilized as a talent for reasons that we're all kind of aware of, you know.
1: Um, it looks like there's Rockstar star super brand and probably a sunglass company. Okay, that's in that's, carve. Car, Car yeah, that's
0: who he is um always tagging. And he's always been with Superbrand, yeah. I feel like since his childhood.
1: I mean, yeah. That's pretty much an advertisement, right? Do the rock
0: star ads, by the way, are so blatant. Like whatever their obligation is to post one a month on Instagram, it's always like so um obviously an advertisement. Yeah. You know, like yeah, that's okay. which is fine. I yeah. think actually Sometimes better. that's it's better. Like,
1: yeah, don't don't try to fake us out. Speaking of which, yeah, how's your Manscaped products coming? Oh my up? god,
0: I have <laughs> perfect not,
1: segue, Scott. I have not Manscaped um, yet, I, but I need to bring my wife into the equation and discuss this whole thing. And
0: oh, really? Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm you know
0: this is a household meeting conversation. No,
1: not a household, just a uh, master bedroom meeting. Oh, I see. But uh, she did say, "Don't talk about it." <laughs> 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 well, and she specifically said tell David not to talk about him manscaping himself. It's kind of gross.
0: Now, well, little did she know I'm doing a public service announcement. Okay? okay. This isn't for me. Right. This is for the greater good, for yeah, everybody. For public health, of course. Right. Of course. Somebody sent me a JAMA article on manscaping. <laughs> like What's, a, what's JAMA? JAMA? It's a scientific journal. Oh, the like, Journal
1: of American Medical
0: Association. There you go. You don't know what jam is? I Come just on, figured Scott. it out. I'm good with acronyms. Um, well, manscaped. It lo- doesn't even look like you've uh, groomed, period. <laughs> Forget about manscaped. Let's put it this way. When, you, you, when, when you walk around without shoes, the,
1: uh, the option of manscaping is probably not going to happen. Why are you No, not, I'm a fan. Why of, are you
0: not wearing shoes?
1: I just have my sandals in my truck, and I just forgot to slip them on when I jumped out of the truck to like get my wetsuit so it's drying out in the sun. And then I walked in here, and we're just...
0: It wasn't like a purposeful
1: thing, but it does feel liberating to not have any sandals on.
0: It's so funny that of the three adult males in this building right now, I'm the only one who has any footwear on (laughs) and my toes are still showing. It's not actually closed toed, but two of the other adult males, this wasn't planned. This wasn't in a memo walked in here with no shoes on. This is the state of our industry. But look, the, the,
1: the ball wipes, the, the, Lawnmower thing.
0: I'm thinking actually about getting rid of some of this. The chest hair.
1: Yeah, the chest hair.
0: Okay. We'll start there. I'd say start yeah. north and work your way down. Scott. I think that's what she wants to do. She. Okay. So yeah. you're going. I I, I need to you. get the green light. Okay. Fair enough. So full disclosure, support yeah. for Spit today comes from Manscaped. Oh, good. They're actually number one in men's below the belt grooming, Scott. Not number two. They're number one. I yeah, it's precision engineered tools for your family jewels, but they will work on your chest as well. Cool. Um by the way, Halloween is right around the corner. Should so. I
1: manscape for Halloween. You don't want to be mistaken for <laughs>
0: Chewbacca, right? Or Bigfoot. So, right. Manscape um Last time we were talking about the lawnmower Mower 2.0, yeah. skin-safe technology that allows you to protect from nicking your pumpkins, Scott. <laughs> oh, my God. Did, you, did they send you this copy or did you write this? <laughs> I will not reveal. Some That's of it. It's good. improvised. That's pretty it's, good. But here's the real deal. The Waterproof 2.0 is waterproof. Or I said the lawnmower 2.0 is waterproof. Yeah. So you can actually uh, create less mess by trimming in the shower. Most importantly, listeners get 20% off and free shipping by using our promo code surfing at manscaped.com. You know
1: what? So somebody that same guy I was talking to this morning in the water, the first thing he said is, hey, are you, are you manscaped? Did he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was laughing. So um, that's pretty good. It's working. So we appreciate that. Good. Well, they And put, everyone should give the manscaping thing a, a run for its
0: money. They do. Uh, Your manscaped- significant other will appreciate it. Dude, you'll appreciate it. It makes everything better All just right. saying that. That's, uh, that's too much info. So the, they package everything into the perfect package, 2.0. Who want who doesn't want the perfect package? 2.0. It has the <laughs> lawnmower, the crop preserver, which is basically a deodorant for the part of your those are the ball wretched, Yeah, the part of your wretched body that needs deodorant the most that you haven't been deodorizing. Right. Anti-chafing, boxer briefs, crop reviver. Ball toner spray. Did you Perfect bring your ball toner to spray 200. to Europe
1: with you? That seems like a place where you might need a spritz or two.
0: You really yes. It's yeah. All right. You do. Um anyways, <laughs> stay sexy this Halloween, Scott. Don't look like Chewbacca. manscape.com Promo code surfing. 20% off and free shipping. Your surfing. package will thank you. manscape.com Use it. Use it. Um how did we even get on that? Who are we making fun of that led to this? <laughs> Clay Marzo. <laughs> Clay Marzo. Um, do you have you been watching the France Quick Pro? I have. I've been, you know, just the heat analyzer because the time
1: change is a little off. But
0: you um, know what my favorite thing to do is? What? Wake up the following morning, don't check any of the updates, don't check Instagram. Go into the office with a full day of work, prop up the phone side by side and push play at the very beginning and watch it as if it's happening in real time. Huh. Like don't fast forward anything, don't check any, don't even look at the scores. Do you turn it off, the volume? No. Leave the volume on Mm. as much as I can. Mm. Um, But then, yeah, don't check scores. So I feel like I'm actually watching it in real time. Oh, okay. That's hard to do. You got to go digitally dark. Yeah. Which is hard to do. It is hard to do. But I'm committed to the cause. All right. Um, What are your thoughts on the event thus far?
1: Um, Gosh, the second day, the waves are kind of pumping that day where it was big and meaty and like right on the shore, big barrels and guys are... Um, I was disappointed that Leo beat Kelly at the last minute there. Um, mainly because it'd be one thing if like... Kaloa, not Kaloa, if somebody else beat Kelly, like whoever, some Brazilian or something, like Diego Silva. Or, is that a person? Diego Silva? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Diego Peterson or whoever, De, uh, David Silva. <laughs> you're thinking there's. I, there, so there were a bunch of versions of that name. There was a Diego. <laughs> uh, was it Dayton Silva for a while? There's a Diego. Um, My oh point gosh. is, is that it was David B- Silva is who you're thinking.
1: David. Yeah, Thank D E
0: I V I D. I
1: think is what the. It is. I was bummed that it was like because with Leo and Kelly, it's like he, he's the. He's the protege, you know, or Kelly's the protege, right? And he was the, Kelly's the mentor and he's the protege. Leo's right. the pro- And so to me, it feels like, okay, this is the, fu- even though this has happened before, Leo's beat Kelly before, but this feels like it's like a changing of the guard is, as I guess what I mean. Cause it's one thing when somebody else beats Kelly and you're like, all right, Kelly's going to get him back. But Kelly's known this kid since he was like four years old or probably since he was born. Right, because I think he's Belly's stepson. Yeah, he he is. And so, when Leo beats him on Leo's home turf, because that's where Leo lives, basically in France.
0: I'm sorry. Explain what home turf means again. I'm (laughs) just—is this a
1: manscape thing? (laughs) I'm just joking. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so that's what it felt—a little deeper and darker, like like the, the passing of the torch. It was so. And that was just my own. Ta- that was my own take on it. I'm not saying that's what everyone else. No, was
0: no, no, no. I fully agree with you, but it was so unceremonious. Like no, Leia was jumping up and down. It's like well, well, yeah, but they're trading sixes and it's wonky shore break, and you can lock into an eight. Yeah, it wasn't you know? a dusting by any means. No, but that's what's sad about the current version of Kelly to me is like I've been I've been saying this for years, right? But we don't want to see him go out with a whimper. And this is what's happening. It's like, I don't know, early round to some 43rd ranked surfer on tour. He happens to be, like you're saying, have a lot of um, connection with Kelly outside of the contest. But like, this is what's happening to Kelly kind of with regularity is these far inferior surfers are winning just through happenstance and mediocre conditions. These, These are things that never happened to Kelly in his... 20-year reign of terror, you know, that we all kind of grew up with, but are now happening with regularity, sometimes due to his injuries, sometimes due to his lack of focus. We're not sure which at this point because he's got a bunch of other things going on, and it's like, no, this isn't what we want to have ha- happen. We want him to pull a Seinfeld and just go out at the top of the ratings on his own terms, but he's past that point now. We, well, now it's
1: like if you're a Kelly fan like I am – I just want him to win pipe and go. That's it.
0: I know, you know, and but like, he can't win pipe anymore either. That's no, he can't.
1: No, if he's going to win an event, it could be pipe. I mean, he's Kelly can trying. win pipe. He's Kelly. been trying. Kelly can win pipe for years. Come on, Kelly. Win pipe. Yeah. You By do the do it way, while speaking, John John's injured. Yeah. Speaking of um, Kelly being sort of doing other things, which has been your mantra for a couple, three years now, which is why he hasn't focused, according to David. Um, somebody sent me a thing that said that he's. Voicing over the Outer Known ads, I think on the WSL website or somewhere. They heard Kelly's Kelly's literally the voice of Outer Known. Like he's like
0: fifteen percent off blah blah blah. Oh really? Yeah,
1: like just doing the ads, doing I've the heard doing him, the audio ads.
0: I've, that's funny. I heard him doing you know, him talking about the jeans that they're selling, where he's getting barreled at Chopes or Cloudbreak or wherever it was in the jeans. And, of course, it's his voice saying, like, I wanted to start this company that was going to be more sustainable, blah, blah, blah. So that makes sense. But you're saying he's just doing it on, like, the
1: – That's what I'm hearing. That's I haven't funny. heard it. Somebody sent me a thing that goes, yeah, I just heard Kelly's voice talking about and So maybe it was what you are saying, hey. like, more of, like, a produced thing.
0: Yeah, which makes perfect sense. Yeah. Either way, it's not yeah, surprising. Whatever. It's his company. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I feel the same way about the Leo thing. What I like about – so a couple of thoughts about the event – um,
1: it's fun to watch. It's
0: so fun to watch. That coming Super off fun. of... So Chopu being such a thrilling event, then going to Surf Ranch and being the most boring event of the year.
1: Where's the soundboard?
0: Wah, wah Yeah, exactly. Wah. And then having the juxtaposition once again of like this mixed up beach break, unpredictable, chaotic thing, but it's exciting. It's Super exciting. It's so more, much more exciting. I just love that it really... Creates such a stark contrast to the wave pool.
1: Um, the, the amount of waves rolling in, the, the like mid to low period um, swell, just there's just waves all the it's time. So
0: fun. It's the most fun you, style have of wave to there? surf. Yeah,
1: that place is amazing. It really is. It, that stretch of Southwest France for surfing is just incredible. If you're a beach break lover, it's just mental.
0: It's my favorite style of wave to surf. Me too. And it's also it can. Net the highest frustration and also the highest kind of exaltation, you know. Um, but that was mirrored in the contest, too. Like, it was interesting to see how many pro level surfers couldn't get scores. Out or, there. Were,
1: like, there was a lot of, as you know, there were a lot of heats being won with 11 points. Oh, many, less than, many heats less than. were like 11.1 to 10.3. You no,
0: know, Gabriel made it through his heat with an eight point heat total, yeah. I think. You know, like, it, it was that. Uh, hard to find the good ones, which is so exciting to watch, um, but also kind of a shame. Like we, we want to see it, obviously good. It, it gets epic, and so hopefully we can finish the event in good conditions. Um, that did you watch the Red Bull Airborne thing?
1: No, I mean I saw a couple clips of Jack Freestone. I, I did. I saw Ian Cranes. You know that he wanted. I didn't think he wanted. I didn't see it all, but what I saw was, in my opinion, was it Matt Miola that did that? Cr- I think Matt Miola should have won.
0: Even though he didn't land? Even
1: though he didn't land. Yeah. Just like, to me, that should be about the guy that's got the most balls, the craziest. So anyway, m- explain Matt Miola did this crazy. Well, there was
0: like a death dive into like the shore pound on a just mean, meaty. He did like three or four of them. He went on, first of all, they ran the event in, thumping waves, double overhead. Uh, I mean, proper overhead, but you could say double overhead. Um, and like closeout sections that were treacherous. And so people went huge, like Matt Miola specifically. but do you, And
1: so this is my point. Do you think Ian Crane went huger than Matt Miola? No. Matt I don't Miola either. Went way huger. Ian Crane was great. And don't, I'm not here to hate on Ian Crane. I'm just saying what I saw was like a sort of, reserved, this is how I'm going to win this event approach versus all hell, balls out, craziness. Every, guess what everyone was posting? Matt Miola. Yeah, No one was posting Ian Crane. Right. And so in, that, in my mind, because it's this sort of out-of-the-box contest format, he's the winner. Matt Miola is the winner. And he should get the win. I'm going to take the opposite stance. You have to land. I think landing will make you even more the winner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but... I mean, look, Matt Miola won a popularity contest for sure. That's great. But to win the contest of surfing, you have to land.
1: I don't know. I, I'm just saying in my mind, he, he captured the spirit of the event.
0: I agree. I love that they put him out in those conditions. And I love that Miola. So I think what will happen from this point on is um, – You have to just up the ante. Like, you have to go huge. The fact that Matt Miola... No, you don't.
1: Ian Crane doesn't... Like, that's my point. Yeah. It's like, you know, what do we want to see? We want to see Matt Miola. Make it or not. That's (laughs) what we want to see. And so if you're rewarding less than that, then that's what everyone's going to start to move towards. Everyone's going to start to move towards that.
0: Yeah. You got to land.
1: Yeah, but you got to go, too.
0: Yeah, and but Ian did. It wasn't like no. I know. I'm not here to hate yet. on
1: Ian. I agree. I mean, the guy's incredible. He, he, but
0: yeah, I well, so the Red Bull thing that was the third event of three this year. Yeah, they've had um, kind of mixed reviews. The first one running at Diba during the Snapper event, and my complaint there was like the airs in the contest in the WCT event were better than the airs. In the red bull event which is a problem idolo i believe won that red bull air event and he's from the ct so it kind of like shames all of these air specialists if you're a specialist and this is what you do for a living you've got nothing to lose and then you get beat by the guy who actually doesn't even do this like that's pretty bad and then they went to karamas and ran in not really air conditions you know that's a perfect wave it's not ideal for airs so it also wasn't that exciting. Um, this, was the, this was the most successful version of the event. Yeah. Like this was the right venue to do it. They put them out in the right conditions where people went huge. And it offered a lot more excitement than those other events. This one didn't feel like a sideshow from the CT event. This felt like kind of the better show almost than the CT event. Uh, and guys were getting barreled too. Like I think it was Finn McGill Like got a sick right-hand barrel, came out and did a huge alley hoop. Um, so they, it was just, I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was a really successful version of what they've been trying to do all year long. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, I'm a fan.
1: Well, it's coming up here tomorrow. It looks like they might run. Good. Is it,
0: will it be finals day? No. no, I think they need two more days because they're running the women's event simultaneously. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I think they're in the quarters for the women's and round 16 for the men's. Round of 16. I see
1: they're putting the women out at um, Super Tubes in Portugal next week. Sixteenth, that event starts. Nice. And for is it the first time ever the women are now have a?
0: Can you recall the women being in, in that event? I don't. They always ran it at Cascais instead. I think they're, they're like the them... men would go up to Super Tubes and the women would go down to Cascais. Yeah,
1: they're moving them all together. At super yeah. Tubes. Good.
0: Yeah. Good. Courtney got a ten. it Hossiger did you see her backside barrel? No. It was sick. It was sick. I'll send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Just to keep you up on pro surfing. Also on October 9th official pro surfers by the way. Right. Yes.
1: What how do you do, well, we do need to sort of vernacular to separate the two. So
0: what is the other term for the yeah. ones who aren't pro surfers? Yeah,
1: you're either a pro surfer. Well, yeah, I mean am- it's always it's always been your like a
0: uh, free surfer. Free surfer, a, a free
1: surf pro a free pro surfer versus a
0: I'm going we're just calling them amateur surfers if they're not a pro.
1: Really? Yeah. Not so Rob Machado's an amateur surfer? You
0: no, know, he's making money off of surfing specifically. No, that's
1: what I'm saying. Like, how do you determine oh, the ones still on the CTs? Oh,
0: there's still free surf pros versus okay, like contest pros. Right. But Taylor Knox is an amateur surfer at this point. He's been downgraded, unless it's the Maldives event. Wow. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> okay. like, this isn't an insult. I'm just being clear with the terms. I don't know why he's taking all the heat. <laughs> I don't either. I feel bad. Is... <laughs> we need to pick somebody else.
1: Of the, any of the guys that are on this list, he's the one that could come and pound us the most. And he's the best. Why did surf. we pick the meanest? Yeah, he is. Not the meanest. He's the but most this,
0: qualified pro surfer on the list, but he's, he's the league. one that
1: could squash me probably with his thighs. Walter Monk. Do you know anything about Walter Monk?
0: Uh, he was played by Tony Shaloub on that show on USA.
1: The Monk? I don't know. No. Saturday, October nineteenth at Scripps Pier is the Walter Monk paddle out. Let me tell you a little bit about Walter Monk. I'll try to keep this brief. No, I, did, people, I didn't write. Love. I didn't write this.
0: All right. What does Matt Warshaw I have to tell no, us this about Walter No, this did not monk? come from Matt Warshaw.
1: Walter H. Monk, one of the foremost oceanographers of the twentieth century, who sent pulses of sound through the vast oceans probably startling a few whales to measure changes in water temperatures, forecast waves, and seek signs of global warming, died in February of this year. He died of pneumonia. He was 101 years old. Dr. Monk, a scientist explorer who would expound on his discoveries with exuberance, was sometimes called the Einstein of the oceans for his pioneering work in the study of waves, ocean circulation, tides, and irregularities in the Earth's rotation. He was also a geophysicist. In the 1960s, He had a study where he discovered that the waves washing ashore in measured ranks in Southern California had originated thousands of miles away in storms sweeping across the Southern Indian Ocean. The first south swells, David. This discovery led to the improvement of forecasting of big waves coveted by surfers in California, those south swells that I mentioned. As a young scientist during World War II, Dr. Monk had the most important surf forecast in the history of the world.
0: That's right.
1: He and Harold Severdrup, the director of Scripps at the time, developed a method for predicting the size of the surf on beaches during amphibious landings so that landing craft could could avoid being swamped by waves. The method was first used in the American landings in North Africa in 1942, go get Rommel. It later predicted correctly that the waves would be high but manageable during the D-Day landings by the Allies in Normandy on June 6, 1944. That is the most important surf forecast so far in our history. The technique, also used in amphibious landings in the Pacific, was credited with saving the lives of thousands of soldiers and Marines In his research on sound in the ocean starting in the 1970s, Dr. Monk and his colleagues transmitted low frequency sounds which at certain depths can travel thousands of miles without weakening significantly. Because sound moves faster in warm water than in cold, the technique can measure differences in average temperature over a long distance. Dr. Monk and his colleagues demonstrated its feasibility by transmitting a pulse of sound from a loudspeaker lowered into the water near the Heard Island in the Indian Ocean. Let's see here. I'll just skip ahead. He volunteered for the Army in 1939. After 18 months in the ranks, he was excused from military service to do research on anti-submarine warfare in the Navy. After the war, Dr. Monk participated in the studies of the atomic tests in the Pacific. Did you know that he was the closest guy? He was literally in like a inflatable craft the closest guy to the first nuclear bomb tests in the Bikini Atolls.
0: That's insane.
1: He just yeah. sat there with his binoculars on and like watched it. That's so nice. And everyone else is like miles away oh, from yeah.
0: him. I mean, aside from like the physical immediacy, you'd be worried about radiation and all sorts of other stuff.
1: He witnessed it from a raft 10 miles from ground zero. Okay. Because of concerns of that atomic blast might cause a tsunami, he developed a tsunami warning system. Dr. Monk also engaged in research on climate change, blah, blah, blah. Self-effacing, he never took to the sobriquet Einstein of the Oceans. Einstein was a great man, he once said to the San Diego Union Tribune. I was never on that level. So there you go. Dr. Walter Monk has paddled out at the Scripps Pier, October 19th, Saturday.
0: I might have missed it at the beginning. Did he surf as well? No. Oh.
1: Not a surfer, but a friend of surfers, a, a friend of contributors, surf, surf forecasters sure. yeah. Amazing. around the world. Amazing. All the guys at Surfline, Sean Collins, Kevin Wallace, Chris Borg, um, my friend Mark Sponsor at Storm Surf. Any surf forecaster that knows anything about it looks to this guy as this was our guy, Wow! Dr. Walter Monk. So I anticipate seeing some of those guys at the paddle out October 19th.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. Good bit of history there. Thank you. He should be your Duke.
1: He is my Duke. Sure. I also have some more history. <laughs> yes. Are you ready or do you have something here? No, I've go. spoken for quite a while. No, you no, want no, to give no, me go. a break
0: here? Nope. You have a joke?
1: All. You don't have a joke?
0: Um, They come up organically. I'm a joke factory, Scott. I'm not I've got kind of jo- I've got
1: kind of a, like, a joke that I probably shouldn't tell in the air, so I won't.
0: Um, I think you should, and then we can elect to edit it out if we decide.
1: Okay. So... There's these old folks at an old folks home and they're sitting at the dinner table. They're having dinner, all these old folks. And there's this one kind of like batshit crazy old lady that's up at the top of the stairs walking down to the dining room. And all she has on is a robe. And she walks, makes her way down and slowly people start to kind of look up at her and go, oh God, here she comes. And she gets to the second step almost onto the dining room floor and she whips open her robe and she's buck naked. And she screams out, super pussy and this old man looks up and goes i'll have the soup
0: wow (laughs) that's my joke amazing (laughs) amazing i first of all didn't see it becoming that crass and number two didn't see the punchline coming at all the punchline hit me out of left field so that was a good joke I that's exactly to... what you want the joke to do okay good Wow.
1: Well, maybe we leave it in
0: i'm fine leaving it in. <laughs> i don't think that's too offensive <laughs> no. we'll give a warning at the beginning i'll come on in post give a warning be like hey if any kids are listening
1: well you know what's funny like me and my buddies we've all told this joke a bunch of times so whenever we see each other we just go i'll have the soup <laughs> <laughs> you just look at it, it just makes you laugh right away like if you see me next week just go i'll have the soup i'll, just, I'll get a chuckle that's funny yeah. wow Uh, Lightning Strikes, 25 vintage lightning bolt surfboards from the 1970s. A a majority of these, David, have been beat to hell, disgusting condition underneath houses on the North Shore. And therefore, many of them are 100% glass off restorations to 100% original condition and many with letters of authenticity from the shapers. Including Jerry Lopez, Tom Parrish, Rory Russell, Bill Stonebreaker, Bill Barnfield, Mickey Munoz, Billy Hamilton, Brian Hamilton, Kip Akamoto, Randy Rarick, Dennis Pang, Dick Brewer, Barry Kanayapuni, Reno Abalera, Tom Eberly, Sam Hawk, Don Copeline, Rick Irons, Ed Angulo, Pat Ross, and Tom Nellis, and many others. These uh, vintage boards are being auctioned off on the California Gold Surf Auction. a preview of these boards is October 16th, and the lots begin to close one month later, November 16th, California Gold Surf Auction.com.
0: What does glass-off restoration mean?
1: It means if you pull a board, like let's say you have a board that's just beat to shit. Like it's, it's really like it needs to go to the landfill. It's just destroyed. It's just ugly, right? It's not something you're proud of. A glass-off restoration is when they... Pop the glass off of the board, then take a razor blade and cut it down the seam and just peel off the glass. Take that old glass, throw it away. Take the board, re-glass it. But they do it to its exact original condition.
0: So you can peel the lamination off a board without damaging the What you
1: want to do is you don't want to peel it. You want to pop it. there's a difference. If you peel it, you're going to damage the integrity of the shape.
0: How do you pop it?
1: There's a couple of different ways, but one way that they do it is they'll put little holes along the stringer, like, say, every eight inches, and maybe along the rails, too, and then they'll get an um, air pressure gun, you know, compressed air gun, and just go, Pow! and pop air, super compressed air, right into that one of those holes, and the whole thing just goes, Pow!
0: Just in one
1: Yeah. Sometimes Sometimes you have to do more than one hole, but... From what I understand, you just do one hole and poof, hmm. it pops off from there. It's kind of loose and it's not a tear off. It's a pop off. And so it maintains.
0: I've never seen that before.
1: Well, it's sort of a trick of the trade. I'm not sure. I've... That was sort of proprietary info.
0: Um, so then they laminate, like they go to the brand, Lightning Bolt or whatever, and get the actual laminates, like the proper logos and all that sort of stuff? Well, a lot
1: of times they can save the logos from the glass. Really? Yeah. Oh, There's okay. a way to like soak it in something. And and what happens when you do a proper pop-off is you can see also where the logos were based on the, the, sh- the shading, the sun shading. And yeah, so they absolutely replicate it to 100% original condition. So it's the same color as the original board, the same logos, same everything.
0: Do they ever shape the foam at all no because if the foam is yellowed yeah you could just like well they do tints. they do tint colors on the that's lamination. the thing back then
1: there wasn't airbrushes it was all tints. so right. you can do a tint and just cover up the yellow foam
0: right 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 um, interesting that's very skilled the, work man
1: his, A history another history lesson for you uh courtesy of this time my friend matt warshaw and the encyclopedia of surfing lightning bolt Surfboard and Surf Accessories Company founded in Honolulu, Hawaii in 1970, David, by Jerry Lopez and Jack Shipley. Interesting note. Jack Shipley's son was a judge on the WCT for a long time. He might still be. Dave Dave. Shipley? Yeah. (laughs) I cut him off one time. He had words with me. It was not pretty.
0: Meaning you burned him on a wave? Yeah. Um, I, I you apologize. found yourself in that situation. A no, I apologize.
1: I'm, I'm apologizing. It wasn't like there was <laughs> no, malice. It was just he went and I wasn't sure if he was going to make yeah. it and I went. It was one of those situations. But he didn't take lightly to it and had some words with me. And Was it in Hawaii? No, it was at uh, Tabarua. Ah. Collaborate. Mm. Anyway, Dave, sorry about that. Um, anyway, Jerry Lopez and Jack Shipley. Uh, founded in Lightning Bolt in 1970, and they turned it into an industry powerhouse with the help of California surfwear executive Duke Boyd. Lopez and Shipley were both working at a Honolulu shop called Surfline Hawaii. Our friend Dick Metz, in the early 19 in early 1970, the 21 year old Lopez was on the cusp of becoming a universally acknowledged master at pipeline, and had been shaping surfboards since 1968. Shipley was an ace Surfline Hawaii salesman and a surf competition judge. They joined up and bought the old Hobie Surfboards outlet on nearby Kapiolani Boulevard in the summer of 1970. Lopez had been using a colored lightning bolt emblem on his board since 1969. And since the dark-haired Goofy Footer was going to be the new company's one and only marketing tool, they named the new shop Lightning Bolt Surfboards. Of note, Hanson surfboards in California had introduced a short-lived Lopez-designed Lightning Bolt model in the early 1970s, or in early 1970. Lightning Bolt quickly became a kind of showroom co-op for many of the best Hawaiian shapers, including Bill Barnfield, Tom Parrish, Reno Abalera, Barry Kanae, Puni, Tom Nellis, and Tom Eberly, among many others, all of whom worked out of their own houses. Bolt had no factory of its own. And brought their finish boards to the Bolt retail store, each one trimmed with a distinctive Lightning Bolt logo on the deck. A second Bolt outlet opened on Maui in 1972. Shipley also began distributing free Lightning Bolt surfboards to nearly all of the top surfers who visited the North Shore each winter to compete in the pro contest, which meant the Bolt logo was endlessly featured on magazine covers and in surf movies. The overwhelming majority of the world's best surfers rode Bolt surfboards from 1973 to 1978 while in Hawaii, including world champions Mark Richards, Wayne Bartholomew, Sean Thompson, and Margot Oberg, and ace North Shore riders like Jeff Hackman and Roy Russell. Bolt boards, surfboard sales never went above 2,500 boards a year, mainly in Hawaii, but no label before or since has dominated the surf media the way Bolt did in the mid-70s. By 1975, the Bolt logo had been copied by so many board makers around the world that the company took out a full-page ad in Surfer Magazine asking the manufacturers, create your own labels, don't use ours. Bolt boards were even used to political ends during the tension-filled North Shore winter of 76-77 when Hawaiian surfers, upset at the way visiting Australians had crowded and crowed after winning the big competitions the previous years, They demanded that Bolt no longer distribute free boards to those visiting pros. Former Hang 10 surfwear magnet, Duke Boyd, had by that time come in as the controlling partner of what was now called the Lightning Bolt Corporation, and the company branched branched out into surfwear, surf wax, leashes, backpacks, wallets, skateboards, bodyboards, towels, and even jewelry. We came out with some really shitty stuff, Jerry Lopez stated (laughs) later. Friction between company heads caused Lopez to sell his share of Bolt in 1980. So lightning strikes, California Gold Surf so Auction.
0: What's the current status? Because I was in um, Portugal two weeks ago, yeah. and they have a lightning bolt shop in yeah. Aracera.
1: Yeah, Portugal um, owns the lightning bolt trademark. Okay. Yeah, and Wait, I, I've not I, I think the they're doing pretty good. I've seen anywhere else. No, I don't think. Here in the USA, there was... Um, I know that um, one of the past, Jonathan Paskowitz, I think, was helping to either distribute or own the license here in the USA. And I think it's since faded away. So there is a strong presence in Portugal. Any current stuff I think that you see, current Lightning Bolt gear or clothes, comes from that European division. They're basically the owners of the Lightning Bolt trademark and copyright and all that stuff. And, um, so I think it's probably pretty big over there, but these are vintage
0: bolts from yeah, back in the yeah, day. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, I didn't even go into the shop. I don't, I didn't.
1: What do you think about going into the shop? And do you think the lightning bolt is just like your grandfather's clothes? Like you wouldn't wear it because it's just, not, well, I'll not, be
0: honest. They haven't.
1: What, what is your brand? What do you wear? Like. Need Essentials, right? You and I, we're need Essentials, but don't you wear like... I
0: wish Need Essentials made me t-shirts.
1: Don't you wear like I need yoga stuff shirts. like Viori or how do you pronounce that? Yoga? I don't even
0: know what you're talking about. There's some V-O-R-I? yoga
1: company called like Viori or v- I don't know, V-O-U-R-I. I can't even pronounce it.
0: V-O-U-R-I. I don't know what it is. It's like a surf know, skate.
1: Like... or No, it's like a surf yoga lifestyle company. It's big down in where I live in Is it really? Yeah.
0: Is that the one that um, Richie Wolcott started?
1: No, oh. that's Volcom
0: no he has a yoga clothing now oh does he yeah
1: oh maybe um, I don't think he's involved in this this is more like um, a pro skater I think is involved in it um, anyway well what is your brand is my question would
0: you wear lightning bolt clothing I, I wouldn't be against it I try to wear clothing with no logos I why mean, like,
1: <laughs> I mean it's like I don't like do you care that statement. much or is it just like it just so happens that most of my clothes don't have
0: I care to not make a statement is what it is. Like I prefer just anonymity in my clothing.
1: Secret society.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So um, it's hard to be secret with that chop up hairdo though. People
0: are like, "Well, that must be be datedly scales." Exactly. I want to be noticed for the important things, (laughs) not (laughs) not for the brand of clothing that I'm wearing. Um. So the answer: Would I buy Lightning Bolt? The answer: I don't think that they've done a great job of conveying to me who they are at this point. Like I only think of them as Jerry Lopez from the seventies. And I was shocked to even see a modern store. And so if they were uh, like, for example, Tommy Bahama does a phenomenal job of being Tommy Bahama. I know exactly what the brand identity is. That's not something I wear by the way, for the record, but it is like very much what it is. And I'm as a consumer crystal clear about what that style of clothing is. And because they've been clear about that, I know I never need to go into that store. Right. But there's tons of people who want it. Lightning Bolt, on the other hand, I'm kind of confused about it. And I would almost. It doesn't I think, stick out. It's just lost in the. I almost felt like it was cheesy. Like when I saw the store, I was like, oh, you're banking on the like what you guys did well was make surfboards. So what are you selling in there? And is it. Built to the same spec as the surfboards. I'm not sure. It just feels like branded merch. Yeah. You know, like yeah. at a certain point, Body Glove started just licensing out Body Glove to make blow up um, pool stuff and yeah. beer coozies or cozies yeah. or whatever they're called. And I see Body Glove everything. There's
1: like Body Glove microphones. Totally. Body Glove phones. Body just, Glove.
0: Yeah. And it, it's like they still make high quality wetsuits. Do they? Yeah, for sure they do. I mean, I don't wear them, but I know that they do. I know they're still in that game, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, point is, lightning bolt. Would I wear their clothes? I guess. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what their clothes look like. I was right. surprised to see the store. By the way, speaking of Portugal, yeah, tell I, us. I owe a big shout out. Um, Magic Quiver. Is this
1: where the quid pro quo comes in?
0: <laughs> no, there Somebody was no quid pro quo. There wasn't uh, because of a miscommunication between Donald Brink and I. Because <laughs> oh. But Brink, there was
1: going to be quid pro quo.
0: I wish, yeah, I wish I had known in advance. All we need
1: is the intent to impeach.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Magic Quiver is the brand name and they've had Donnie Brink come out and do like a residency and they've had your buddy Gary McNeil come out and make a bunch of boards. Travis Reynolds has been out. Um, I forget who else, but this guy, Mario, super savvy. He's been there in Portugal for like seven years. He's from Germany originally, but really interesting in that he's based in Aracera and has kind of developed multiple businesses. Um, Retail surf shop, but doesn't own like a surfboard factory, but he has these guys come out and do residencies and puts them up. Uh, over at Cementi Surfboards, who is like a great, great surfboard manufacturer there. So he uses Cementi's shaping room, farms out the glassing, and makes high-quality surfboards from these international shapers, which draws a crowd, of course, to come. And um, But Aracera is this little village. You couldn't get a lot of space if you tried. So he has multiple businesses around town, like a, the retail shop, but then like a little cafe that does really great – health conscious food. Then he has like a surf lodge that he developed. And then he has a restaurant that he's developed. And the restaurant is phenomenal. We had dinner there. I did not stay at the surf lodge to answer your quid pro quo question. The invite got extended. It got lost in the mail. We booked a room elsewhere and uh, I would have loved to have stayed at a surf lodge, but everything that he's doing is really, really rad. And they Loaned me a surfboard and wetsuit and all that sort of stuff cool. while I was there. So I was able How to surf. How good were the waves?
1: How good is Portugal? I love that place.
0: It's the best, dude. So it happened to be um, during the QS event that I was there. So Didn't you get everybody. Hurricane
1: Lorenzo? Is that what that was? Or wasn't the, that, that the Lorenzo swell that came up and yeah. did went extra tropical and
0: came back down to Europe? Yeah. It was pumping. It was pumping for that QS event. That she they went had. to Morocco. Well, dude, I...
1: Okay, you went to Portugal.
0: I'll show Yeah, it. yeah. How was Portugal? Amazing amazing. I love it, that place. It, it really is kind of the best. Um I'm a fan. I have an affinity for France for reasons that we discussed. I love Italy, you know, but Portugal, it's more rustic. The people are just uh, everything rustic is kind of the right way to describe it because it's cheaper, the food is like hearty. There's no pretense. What they do good is stew, you know. <laughs> but it's like delicious. It's fantastic stew. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas- stew is such
1: an interesting concept because really, what is stew? Stew is like, it's a, we don't what have shit. It? What isn't it? We don't have shit. Let's put it all in this pot.
0: <laughs> and it's like, so you go, I was then in Italy for a week. My brother is stationed there in the army. So that was the whole purpose of this trip was to spend cool. time with my brother. But you go into Italy and it's all very refined. Yeah. Like it's as ancient, but it's refined. You right. know, And like the buildings, like the architecture is you know, and the art scene and the food and the people even are dressed to the nines. And yeah. um, and that's all great. And it's it's great just to kind of, but it's not as relatable. It's like if you weren't born into it. You couldn't get it, away with this. You couldn't get away with shoeless. In Definitely Italy. not. No. You couldn't get away with tennis shoes even. Really? I mean, you, you're yeah. identifiable as an American oh, if you sure. wear yeah. your tennis shoes. I envision you in Skechers. Am I I right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, like without the shoelaces, the kind that you just twist on and twist off. (laughs) Velcro Skechers. That's pretty American. Are they Skechers
0: or aren't they, Scott? That's right. Are they Skechers? I don't have Skechers, but I would would wear them. Then I'm wrong. I stand corrected. I don't have Skechers.
1: Not against Skechers, though.
0: But so then in Portugal, it's more relatable. It's like this is normal people that are working regular jobs getting by like you know and there's so much undeveloped coastline is what it is and a lot of it is surfable almost all of it is surfable Um, and it's it's
1: been described as the way california was in like the 1930s
0: yeah for sure i could see that it looks like california yeah um we did a night or yeah one night in Nazare which was really, really cool. It Never. wasn't pumping, but like Praia Norte, the beach around the point, there's great waves there no matter, like almost all the time. Yeah. Um, right, the little town. You mean in,
1: north of the point or south of the point? North them? of the point. Okay, so where they, where they do the sleds in and all yeah. the skis out. Like yeah. Like basically Nazare, the wave, but yeah. it's, but when it's small, it's just like this pumping Correct. beach break.
0: So Nazare, if you're looking at it um, on video. The town. No, the, the wave, wave itself. If you're watching the wave break on any of the videos you've yeah. seen, the left goes into like a bay, mm-hmm. which there is great beach break sandbars up and down that yeah that beach. Absolutely. It's called Praia Norte. Right. Yeah. But um the town itself is on the south mm-hmm. end of the point and it's a beautiful little beach town. I bet. It's awesome. Fishing village. You have
1: like a a center where there's a church.
0: Of course. Yeah. As all European towns do, there's Correct. multiple churches, but yes, there is one church at the center of the town. And it's, you know, a lot of pedestrian, cobbled streets, um, great restaurants, great seafood, all that sort of stuff, and great little beach, go body surf the shore break and stuff.
1: Um, Have you ever thought about doing that walk? That walk that I think they called the Way or something like that? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh. There's that classic walk where you like it, it links up a bunch of. Um, historic
0: i saw the emilio estevez movie
1: yeah that's the that's the walk <laughs> yeah i forget what it's called i think it's called I, the way i forget what it's called, it's too, called right? like the walk of santa domingo yeah or something like that.
0: You're pretty good at so, accessing your memory right yeah, now yeah. that was i you could not it's
1: because i've been meditating
0: good for you yeah. um yeah no i forgot about that walk i don't know where it starts or where it ends but now <laughs> i think it ends it in portugal
1: at, which is why i brought it up i would
0: totally do that walk yeah um, did you ever see speaking of Movies about walking? Did you ever see um Caddyshack? Wild, the Reese Witherspoon movie? No. It's so good,
1: dude. I think you told me to see it. I want to see oh, it. Oh, really?
0: I read the book to uh Cheryl Strayed is the author, and then they made a book or a movie about it, which is equally as good. I mean, there's not a lot of times where you can kind of fit in all of the story into a movie. Yeah. But uh the movie's so good. Uh. But it's about time old or Taylor's oldest time girl hits rock bottom and then sets out to find herself on the trail for the Pacific mm. the PCT. Oh, really, the Pacific Coast Trail. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it starts in California. She does it from California, like it basically it.
1: cruises along the Rockies, right yeah, or the Sierra Nevadas. Yeah. Sierra she does Nevada. it
0: to Oregon. And finds herself along the way. Cool. Sort of a thing, you know?
1: That is a gnarly trail. That must take, that takes like a year or more. Like that It takes... depends
0: how much of it you do. She did three months, I think. Mm. Yeah. But it was really good.
1: Anyway, how did we get down this rabbit hole? Because uh, I was in Portugal.
0: Oh, that's right. Anyway, shout out to Magic Quiver and Mario for uh, yeah. the loners. And we had a wonderful dinner that night. Donald Brink was there. Did you um, get some good waves? It was okay. Fun. It was okay. It was that okay. right point straight out in front of the town. I don't mm. even know what they call it super fun but wonky you oh. know it's like you're on you're standing there going oh my god there's a right point it looks so good and then you get out there and it's like high tide and wonky and kind of washy and and it
1: breaks and it backs off
0: and kind of and, and you're like constantly trying to like cut back into the but then a section runs and uh, i just yeah. i was on the wrong board too um but it was still you're in the water and yeah, yeah. it's super no, it's super cool. yeah. yeah i got a couple it was fun yeah Uh, but had a great meal too. That's the other thing is you just cannot eat poorly. Like the bread's better, you know, like just simple, simple things are just better.
1: And you go into these, like you open up, I remember in Portugal, like when you go into these buildings, they're like 1400 years older, (laughs) older. They're like, and so these doors, like the construction is so old and then you you get inside and it's kind of dark. It's kind of like dark. It's darkly lit, right? Obviously. And, and, and the tables, everything's super old is what I remember. Yeah. Like, there's nothing even their contemporary. New- it's all just yeah. the doors, the windows, the tables, the chairs. Like, sometimes
0: it's the floors. Been around forever. It's even their newer buildings are older than our country is. Yeah. I mean, no joke. Yeah. It's and it, what's embarrassing or it puts things in. They a need con- an Ikea over there. <laughs> Yeah, fast, fast furniture, disposable furniture. Oh, that's what they need. Um, It puts things into perspective. And like we, if we have something that is as old, like you go to Boston or wherever it is, there's a rope around it. You can't get within 20 feet and they charge you 30 bucks to get within 30 feet of it. You know, like it's silly. And then there you're walking into these buildings that are from, yeah. Yeah. You know, 800 years old. Lisboa. Lisboa. Yeah, we had dinner in a church in Verona in Italy. Not dinner, pizza for lunch. It was like this pizza place in a church. A former <laughs> church, but all the frescoes are still on the wall. You know, like it, mm. they haven't remodeled it for the restaurant. They'd put tables in it and a pizza oven Why remodel? In the back. It's a freaking <laughs> exactly. old church. Sounds cool. It was so rad. Every other restaurant it's like you want to dine al fresco on the street, but there it's like, no, we want to go inside and be in the church. Mm. Great pizza too. Well, that's important. Drank communion wine. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds
1: like you could write a song.
0: Um, yeah.
1: I saw Steely Dan, Did which was really? insanely good. Really? So good. Oh, I love Steely Dan. Is
0: it like the original band members?
1: Well, Walter Becker, the guitarist, is dead. So he's not, he's not playing anymore? No, he's dead. Oh. Did I say that? Yeah. Okay. He, de- he doesn't play anymore. Oh, okay.
0: Got it.
1: <laughs> but um, Donald Fagan and a lot of the guys that... A lot of the you know trombone, the brass section, a lot of those guys that are still... Kind of been with him for a long time, been with them for a long time, touring. It was really good.
0: Are they still uh, making music or is it just they just play the hits? I th- I think that they have put
1: out probably an album within the last five years, but it's basically the hits.
0: We should call Chris Cote right now.
1: Dude, I was wondering if he was going to be there, but it was so freaking good, man. I'm telling you. Really? I'm a, I've been on a Steely Dan binge lately.
0: Let's end the show with Steely Dan today. Give me a track that we should...
1: Kid Charlemagne. Done such a good song. Sing it for us. Do you know what that song's about? You know, I mean, Kid Charlemagne.
0: Do, do, do. I don't know what it's about.
1: It's an interesting... So Kid Charlemagne was the... Was, according to lore, was the Grateful Dead's LSD connection. That was Kid Charlemagne. And that song's about him getting busted. Is there mm. gas in the car? Yes, there's gas in the car. He runs out of gas. Cops pull up behind him and find all his LSD. Hmm. Kid Charlemagne.
0: If you're on LSD. You don't need gas. <laughs> exactly. I'm going intergalactic. <laughs> no doubt. And um,
1: I saw Peter Frampton.
0: Wow, which on, was
1: really good.
0: Yeah, you're on a roll. Man. And
1: guess who opened for Peter Frampton? Hmm. John Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin experience, which was mental.
0: So I got a podcast recommendation from a, a listener for this podcast called Disgrace Land, and I listened this morning to the Led Zeppelin episode. So that's weird that you say that. Uh, But Disgraceland, it's all about the seedy underbelly of music groups. And that one focused on their devil worshiping, basically. Like their obsession with the occult. Don't even roll your eyes. It was Jimmy Page. Yeah. Right? And there was that one
1: author. What was his name?
0: Aleister Crowley. Yeah,
1: Aleister Crowley. And they literally bought Aleister Crowley's mansion. Yep. And they made a bunch of their albums there. Yep. They made... um, probably the best one which was the double album um physical graffiti i think they made there
0: they get deep into all of it and tell like actual stories of uh seances that they did and all that sort of stuff and yeah. like bringing in bowie like bowie was really interested in it and then he went to one of the seances and <laughs> it was like this got is- his mind blown yeah. no he got tripped out by it yeah. and then like, didn't want anything to do with it from that point on. So, like, he distanced himself from Jimmy Page, but they would, like, run into each other occasionally, and Bowie would, like, not make eye contact, look the other way, because he was worried, like, he was going to get infected by the spirit, you know? <laughs> um, but by Jimmy, the way,
1: Jimmy Page dispels all of this stuff, just for the record. Like, there's stuff where Jimmy Page is like, no, I mean, I was I, I was fascinated for a couple of years with Aleister Crowley and, and some of the dark metaphysical stuff, for sure. Yeah. But it's not like he was they just brought in some of that mysticism into some of their music and stuff because at the time he was interested in it but it's not like he was dude he was boning chicks and snorting coke come on so he was
0: specifically boning a 15 year old yeah exactly from California and she had previously lost her virginity a year prior when she was 14 to Bowie so (laughs) Bowie was her original and then she's with Jimmy Page um what's her Laura Maddox I think that's her name right uh yeah so they get into all those stories as well like chaining like uh handcuffing groupies to the bed like oh and like God. leaving him there overnight like parents that girl laura maddox's mom signed off on her dating jimmy page Was and, like, she, been, she was him. a
1: model right wasn't she like the really kind of semi-famous model i think she was famous because of well, being with those jimmy teams. page saw her in a magazine uh, at in 15 a mo- yeah and so mo- she was a child mom she yeah and she's like he's like go get her crazy dude. have you read that book i'm with the band by no. pamela debars no well, it's it's basically about groupies. She was like the original groupie, Pamela DeBars. Her husband, Michael DeBars, is, he still has like a, ri- a radio show on Sirius uh, XM or whatever. Anyway, that might tie into this if you're okay. It's kind of a fun, lightheaded look at what it was like to be a a chick in Southern California in 1971.
0: Wild times, dude. Laguna,
1: the you know, or no, um, the canyon there. Um, yeah.
0: Oh, by the way, you were I asking about it. Echo in the Canyon. I know. They're adding it to Netflix this month. Okay. So don't go spend the five bucks. I almost did spend the five bucks. No, originally. just wait. It's mid-month. I feel like October 16th or so it'll be on Netflix. Hmm. Um. Anyway, Disgraceland podcast for anybody who's interested. It's really good. But also they'll do like NWA, like the rap group, and like their actual gang affiliations and like shootings and drug dealing and all this stuff. They get pretty hmm. deep uh, and... Raw with all, it's really it's really well done. Really all well right, done. So thank yeah, thanks to the podcast, our podcast listener who recommended that. Um, my Duke Scott is Julian Wilson for his endless campaign. He does it every year for breast cancer awareness for October. His mother survived breast cancer, and so Jules goes all pink on his quiver and on his wetsuits and boardies and all that sort of stuff. And uh, even had other surfers rocking pink sunglasses and all that sort of stuff just to raise awareness for breast cancer.
1: Who was it that was – was it called – Griffin? Did you see what Griffin did, by the way?
0: He's my kook. So we'll roll straight into that. Jules, Duke, Griffin, kook. Okay. (laughs) You wanted to say why? Well,
1: I saw that he was – in an interview, a post-heat interview, he had just won a heat, and Rosie was talking to him, and he was like basically just being straight up honest. And he's like, "You know what? I had to take a poop. I just drank some coffee, so I paddled out the back, took port, tore off my jersey, my you know my competition jersey, pulled down my full suit, and dropped the kids off at the pool, and then you know did my business. You know, <laughs> like so he said all this, and wrote, poor Rosie's like doesn't know how to handle it. Actually, she did a great job of handling. She did, yeah." And um,
0: she's like, all right, you want to be light for your heat.
1: <laughs> you <know? laughs> <laughs> Got to lighten the load. So he lightened his load out in the water in France, um, just like brown trout. Yeah. A lot of brown trout swimming yeah. around there. Aqua dump. <laughs> Have you ever done that?
0: No. What? <laughs> 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 Me either. Um, when was the last time? <laughs> Uh, Go uh, ahead. Uh, <laughs> Was it in Mexico? Like, were you on a trip somewhere? No,
1: no, 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 no. I, I, can't, I can't speak of this. Listen to Disgraceland. I will divulge it all in Disgraceland.
0: Um, <laughs> dude, you whip, whipped Brown out Trout. big time. I did. Uh, so here's the reason why he's my kook. Okay. He's not a kook for doing it. Right. I love that he... I mean, I kind of love, love that he talked he? about it.
1: Okay, you love that he talked about
0: yeah, it. Yeah, I don't love that he did it. I love that he talked about it. He's a kook for... Dude, that's the worst way to... Like, if you got to take a dump and your heat's going to start, it takes less time, I'd argue, to go into the beach and go than it does to peel off a 3-2 full suit in the ocean. How do you even put it back on? Have you ever tried to put a wet wetsuit on? Yeah, numerous times. It's impossible. <laughs> I it's think impossible. I just said that. <laughs> oh, I thought you'd be wearing trunks when you did it. Oh, uh, you know, different times, different... The whole thing is so impractical to me. Yeah. Like I was offended by the impracticality of it more than I was the taking a dump in the lineup that you're yeah. gonna be surfing in with all your buddies. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was the problem is you're putting, I've dumped
1: in my full suit before. Oh my god, yeah.
0: Scott, this is getting worse. Yeah, well I'm just saying. I had How like How does that I, even flush out? Know, Did you uh, throw then, the no, suit then, away?
1: Then you've then you disrobe and rinse it out. So and, was it
0: accidental?
1: Yes. It was a shark. Are shart. you lying to me? It was a sharp no. I wouldn't
0: do it on purpose. <laughs> like, no, I, don't, no, it's I don't wear shoes, but I'm Nothing not that dirty. To... <laughs> so you sharded in your full suit and, yes. ha- and then, wh-
1: tell me. And it was just an explosion. Were you sick? Yeah, there was some, obviously there was some, some something going on in my stomach. Okay. Yeah. Carry on. Full explosion. Okay. Um, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. You know, running through my veins. Are people looking? Oh my God. Does this stink? I got to And so you just got to paddle down the beach somewhere and as quickly as possible, pull your suit off in the water. Poo paddle. Just like the stuff just surrounding your hair and just like, (coughs) yeah, exactly. (coughs) Yeah. Just chunks of like carrots. Oh my God. Corn.
0: Oh my God. I'm going to barf right now. (laughs) And then you you just just sit back up and go win the heat. Horrifying. Dude, I would burn the wetsuit. I would... I'm not into littering. I would Still leave that in the ocean. Wetsuit. No. Oh, God get <laughs> it. This is a perfect time. Uh shout out to Need Essentials. It <laughs> when you poo in your wetsuit and you need to replace it. Okay, Needessentials.com This is truly an essential. Go. This is an essential. Yeah. Um that is horrifying. You know what? It I, is kind of horrifying. I don't horrifying. know that we can record the, the, or hang out anymore. That's like, fine. This is... Do we even hang out ever? No. No. This you need is to come down why and why visit. There was always a stench that I couldn't quite put my nose on. And now, now you know. I know.
1: I need those ball wipes from Manscaped. What are they
0: called? <laughs> Crop Reviver. Crop Reviver. I think, yeah. yeah. Um, well, dude, that's horrifying. So anyways, Griff. He's the, <laughs> he is the coo. Right now the coo? <laughs> I'm going to let the internet... Griffin. I need the internet to really take the reins on this one and do what they will with either artwork or something. No, look, I'm not proud of it, but I'm just being honest. You yeah. know?
1: I would hope that the internet wouldn't take me to task too hard for my honesty or I will never be honest again.
0: Wow, threatening the internet. That'll get you far. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That'll get you far. Oh, um, well, Griff. I've no, been surfing for 37 years. At there's going to be point, a few dumps gonna, and a few websites. A suits. few times, maybe once.
0: Um, so griff again the the illogical like just go in and then handle your business and go back out that would make a lot more sense to me than trying to put on a soaking wet full so it's suit. a
1: procedural yeah. reason that he's a kook it's a
0: procedural yeah. it's not yeah yeah it's like dude just do it the right way it would take less time right to go in drop a deuce run back out no big deal yeah we've chloe Andino dino talked about that on air a while back him doing the exact same thing um uh, what I do, what I do, You're dumbfounded. You're no, 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 speechless. I've got another thought on this is there's been these moments I've noticed in this event specifically, that moment, and then also William Cardoso losing to Wade Carmichael yeah. and flipping the F out, yeah. like full, full breakdown. And the commentators never even commented on it. That's so is. you and I have been advocating for personalities. Like we need these guys are making too much money. They're all gone too bland. It's not interesting. It's all going vanilla. And the WSL is really kind of um, encouraging the vanilla We need characters. We're starting to see characters break out. We have Griffin Colapinto talking about taking a dump. We've got, <laughs> we've got William Cardoso going into a fit of rage over losing. And the camera shies away and the commentators don't run with it. No, the commentators need to focus on it and replay the board punch and discuss it and be like, this guy's lost his mind. You know why? It's because he doesn't have a mainstream sponsor and he's struggling to get to events or and, whatever.
1: And what number is he on the CT relative yeah. to the QS requalifying? All yeah. that. That's really coming into play right now. And he's
0: stressed out about the finances and he's stressed out about, you know, whatever it is. Like, like those are the things they need to be leaning into. And I don't know that the WSL is having even an opinion or telling them what to talk about or not i really maybe it's just the commentators maybe the commentators need to just be more um like you and i well how do they not talk about it this yeah. guy this is happening in front of you how are you not talking about exactly. it? exactly like it's weird yeah we need john McEnroe to step up and go look this is happening. Let's discuss Look, this. At the bare minimum, commentators, Emotion. you need to represent what the viewers are experiencing. Bare minimum. We're, we're seeing this happen, and you're not providing, you're not putting our thoughts into words, which yeah. is
1: your purpose. You're blowing it.
0: Blowing it. Blowing it. By the way,
1: um, my buddy Jake Marshall i know he's your number five on the QS, and it looks like he's going to qualify, I hope. I think he's five. Name drop. He's not really my buddy, but I, I do yoga with his dad, but he's my son's buddy. Kind of. They serve together. I don't know. But I'm just, we're, my son and I are, I <laughs> guess what I'm saying is, my son and I are fanboys of Jake Marshall, and we want to see him qualify for the tour. So I would and love we to see it. And think he that. might qualify.
0: I would love to see it. Um, I'm going to put the heat on him right now, though. Okay. Where did he go for the last five years? He was America's great hope five years ago and he disappeared. What happened?
1: You know what? He's been building, getting his feet under him, like kinda like building the house, you know, getting the foundation going, learning the ropes of all of this stuff, and like now it's like time.
0: What what happened? What's the backstory? I don't know. Did he have a misstep? Well, he was injured. Oh, really? Yeah, he's been injured. And now more heat. (laughs) What makes him better than Griff Colapinto or anybody else like cause it I sounds honestly, like
1: what I would say to you when you're being fanboy exactly. for like Michael Rodriguez or whoever
0: it's Matt Banning by the way same difference that's my point is how is he different than Matt Banning
1: I don't know I'm just a fanboy because he's a he's, he's a guy from Encinitas and, and he's like everyone knows him around town yeah. so it's like that's why I'm stoked you know he's a local guy I saw footage he's my of, home guy
0: I saw footage of him recently and I'm like oh he's bulked out a little bit and he looks stronger his turns are bigger but what where's the point of difference
1: yeah well, well, we need to see. Maybe there isn't one. Yeah. It could be that he just falls by the wayside, like many of them do. I hope not. His brother, I think his name's Nick, is really good too. But
0: there's three of them, I think, right?
1: Yeah. And the point is, is that like this is basically what you and I've always said, like, there's a million great surfers. The difference is what's between your ears. Hmm. You know, do you got what it
0: takes? Are you going to dump in your wetsuit?
1: Yeah, or not?
0: Or not? Yeah. Are you going to go into the beach like a civilized human being?
1: Or are you going to do what it takes to win, like Griffin and Scott?
0: And just. <laughs> blow that thing out <laughs> uh
1: we better like get it again no 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 i've got a
0: must-see moment real quick oh um, good chris cote's 21 hour series with red bull did really? you see this i have not seen it's this. funny dude is it it's funny so right. red bull does their 21 days series which is very very good as most of red bull media houses stuff is and chris cote uh just dropped an episode called 21 hours instead of 21 days where he's gonna like hang with Ian Crane for the 21 hours of the uh, air sh- Airborne thing in preparation for the Airborne thing is what it was actually. But it's all satirical and it's all um, – it was like I saw it on Instagram. Chris advertised it in a one-minute clip on Instagram and I thought it was just a one-minute spoof and I thought that's hilarious and it was really well done and I was surprised Red Bull like let him use their branding on it. Yeah. Well, turns out, no, it's actually a Red Bull thing that's like an eight-minute long – uh, content yeah. Yes. yeah and so I watched the 8 minute long one thinking at every moment that it was gonna go um bland or the joke was gonna fall flat and it wasn't like 8 minutes was good it was really funny well executed 8 minute satire alright following Ian Crane for 21 hours in San Clemente as he's training it's almost like a spoof on these guys don't actually train you know <laughs> like we're gonna follow it's in the 21 day series where Julian Wilson and like Adriana DeSouza are hitting the gym and going all serious. This is like... Ian Crane's playing Call of Duty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like waking up at 9 a.m., missed missed the window of good waves. and Checking in with Clay Marzo, yeah. seeing what's up. <laughs> Making sure they land their morning dump in a toilet, not in their wetsuit later. I
1: have quite a few boards um, coming through that I'm pretty psyched on. I've got a mitzvin, single fin, six-channel, wing pin. Kind of like 78 era bladey single fin. Not bladey, it'll be full, but at the tail will be nice and thinned out. Wow. Six channels with side bites. Okay. And um, I just picked up a Stu Kenson longboard, kind of like a more of a tucked performance edge in the tail, but softer up in the nose. So just a nose rider, but a sing- you know, like a not a 50 50 rail hard to turn board. And um, I've got a. Um, new wayne rich coming a longboard a two stringer two stringers four inches apart down the middle t- tapering to thick thicker stringers in the tail thinner up by the nose so the nose will kind of bend a little when i okay. get up there
0: yeah wow why do you have so many new surfboards? i don't know god
1: who knows <laughs> i wish so many it's silly I'm gonna... <laughs>
0: it's obscene no it is it's, it's really obscene
1: the mitzvah one i saw one online i'm
0: like god i love that board that
1: reminds me of what i wrote when i was a kid so i ordered that then with wayne it's we're just hanging out i just did a podcast yeah. with him and he's like "What am i making your board i'm like i don't know let's do longboards like, you know just kind of like
0: happened and yeah i'm offended by your grotesque gluttonous american consumption of surfboards yes exactly you, me too you you yeah. and me both yeah i'm offended like i okay i mean i'm saying that jokingly but it comes from a place of seriousness go, <laughs> well <laughs> you, go porch, you go to portugal uh, i'll have the soup <laughs> i almost forgot um by the way i will too What <laughs> <laughs> well played david um she's out of my age group like i've got (laughs) i've got a bit of a range but that's outside of my age group um (laughs) the dating apps make you set a range scott and so i wouldn't know yeah happily married um good and uh so what were we talking about oh yeah so i was in portugal right and it's like you see how far a dollar goes yeah and then you um You want to curtail your expenses, you know, like whatever. I can't even think of what it is that I would spend money on in Portugal. But then I realized, like, put that into perspective at home. I'll drop 50 bucks at home, like, without thinking about it, on something stupid. Maybe it's a, I'm talking about dating. It'll be on a date, easily, 50 bucks for some girl I'm never going to see again, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Not going so well. Maybe you need to spread the date range a little (laughs) so i just like frivolous about these expenditures at home because it's expensive to live in southern california and you develop this threshold for expense that is unrealistic anywhere else in the world that's you know so then you go travel somewhere where a dollar goes a lot lot farther and you're like oh i should really at home spend less money i have a spare bedroom full of junk that I never am going to see. it. Like, I need to just purge and live a leaner lifestyle. But then I come in here and sit across from you, and I feel like I'm leaving, living a lean lifestyle. Because I only have 12 surfboards, and you have 80. There's a reason
1: I have no shoes. Oh, okay. It's because I have a lot of boards.
0: You're funneling <laughs> that budget, your Skechers budget, into longboards from Kenson? Uh, um, I've been like,
1: wearing my... Um, what are those Cobians. Cobian sandals that's what I wear oh really Yeah. by the way um, do we need to do a shout out to any of our other sponsors well like,
0: yeah Neat Essentials of course spyoptic.com just gave away a Rawson last month to a winner named Matt Brown cool how cool is that? So that is spy, that a
1: spit thing or is that just a surf splendor it's thing? for the whole everybody Network. who
0: listens to any of our podcasts yeah. gets in on it um, but so spy just got purchased I know I know. And it was a good move. Okay. It's a good move. Good. It's going to be good for everybody. Um, anyway, yes. And I was going to say, my rainbows are about to expire, my black ones that I'm yeah. wearing right now. And yeah. Neat Essentials has leather sandals really? that I'm going to replace them with. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I think I need to do that too. Yeah. They've got a few accessories nowadays. Um, but yeah, I saw the sandals. I think it was at the boardroom show they had a few on display. It was like a new product offering. And they just sent me some standard black leather sandals, which is what I need. <clears throat> yeah. Again, give me no logos. Let's keep it discreet. Yeah. But um, You've got a so real
1: Johnny Cash thing. You're always in black. Everything's real black. I'm glad you noticed this. Yeah.
0: That was what I was going for. Yeah. Johnny Cash.
1: Yeah. Um, By the way, I heard the Ken Burns thing on Country Music on KPBS, the documentary. I haven't seen it. Mm. But I heard it's really good. Okay. I'm going to check that out.
0: I'm, I feel mixed about Ken Burns yeah it's like if I commit to it I'm always thrilled that I did but it's such a daunting task and it's like so boring like none of it is sexy so you kind of have to commit and then you realize the the depth of it you know pays dividends but did you watch the Vietnam War one no no should I
1: I mean it's you kind of nailed it that's why I asked you if you because it's it's daunting and in-depth and historic and meaningful and you're when you're done with it you've learned a lot but it's not like platoon (laughs) you
0: you feel like you have to do it it's like a homework assignment
1: kind of but it's a little better than that plus i'm a history geek so i love it
0: yeah that one though the new one is um is it like six hours or
1: i heard it's pretty long i haven't seen it i heard i I heard i need to see it yeah because the way that ken burns deals with country music and racism in america because it's there's an interesting thing there you know like you know the south country music waylon jennings willie nelson johnny cash a lot of those guys are pretty liberal pretty progressive in their thinking but we we tend to think of you know super alt-right country music by charlie daniels or whoever you know yeah
0: but like the allman brothers although they're not necessarily you're always going to m- cycle them back into the conversation no matter what we're talking Well, i mean about. they had Jamma,
1: a black drummer you know like so, I think obviously musicians are generally more progressive and yeah. liberal in their thought process than most. But, um, you know, then there's some pretty gnarly racist singers, you know, like, I don't know, David Allen Coe or some, there's some guys that are just gnarly. Yeah. But anyway, check it out. I haven't checked it out, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Cool
0: all right well scott it's always a pleasure Spitpodcast.com is the website shout out and thank you to surfing heritage and culture center for hosting us yet again yes uh if you want to see what this place looks like um i'll post a video of scott entering the building with no shoes <laughs> i filmed it on my oh my god on my phone so I'll post until that. next time adios and i Cross the diamond with the pearl. You turned it on. stop to stare at your technical amora